Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Friends, it's time to start thinking about next year's plantings. From the heart of Ohio, we bring you top quality elderberry and willow cuttings ready to thrive in your garden, homestead, or farm. Not only are elderberries a picturesque addition to any space, but they're also renowned for their health benefits. Packed with antioxidants and vitamins, elderberries have long been celebrated to boost the immune system and ward off colds. And here's a promise, our unique Thrive Guarantee. We're confident these cuttings are prepared to flourish and guarantee that they will sprout and grow. Pre-order your elderberry cuttings now for best variety and yours will be the first we ship in the spring. To learn more, go to growelderberry.com. That's growelderberry.com. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guests are Susan Kohler and Nathan Boone. Susan is the Farmland Preservation Program Manager for the Northwest Arkansas Land Trust. She is working alongside Nathan, who is a seasoned organic farmer and an agricultural consultant. Together with the help of NWA Food System Initiative, they are providing support to new and beginning farmers through the preservation and enhancement of wild and farmed land. Susan and Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yes, nice to be here. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of an overview, Susan, of um, kind of what does Northwest Arkansas Land Trust do? We are a nonprofit conservation organization. We've been in existence since 2003. Um, Our area is changing dramatically. We're in a very um, honestly growing and uh, populated part of the state, Northwest Arkansas, and we, our mission is to preserve and enhance, um, you know, the quality of life for all our Kansans through the permanent protection of land. And we work with landowners voluntarily um, that want to do that sort of thing. Um, also municipalities, um, you know, different government agencies to either um, conserve that property where the land trust, you know, maintains it and, and owns it or through conservation easements that allow the land trust to ensure that the particular land um, that is in the program is, you know, forever protected to preserve wildlife, uh, watershed quality, our clean drinking water, and um, farms uh, and our food shed. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And um, how long has the program been in existence for? So our role with the farmland programs started in about 2018, and what has been taking place in Northwest Arkansas um, among many projects, you know, to just ensure that the development and all the opportunity we have um, to progress and, you know, have more economic opportunity, that we're also doing more to protect this beautiful natural space. And so in 2018, um, a study was done by a group of concern, uh, concerned citizens and among also grant makers and thought leaders uh, to look at our food shed. And we realized we were missing some important things in our local food system and specifically around the production and growth of fruit and vegetables. 
So farmers markets are really great. CSAs are thriving. There's a lot more production of fruit and vegetables than there has been in the immediate past. However, Northwest Arkansas has been losing really important um, acreage to fruit and nut fruit and vegetable production. And we had lost a lot of the wholesale or the larger production for a number of reasons, but we wanna try to bring that back. And so this effort to enhance the food system was created. And not only is the land trust participating, but so is the University of Arkansas, which has now started a farmer training program and also an apprentice program. And then there's a really important food hub and aggregation piece that's taking place with the Spring Creek Food Hub and a facility um, called Market Center of the Ozarks where we'll be able to um, process um, food for institutions and hospitals, in addition to have more of those, um, you know, business to business type wholesale counts. So we're all working together to try to increase the amount of fresh fruit, fruit that's available in our community. Mm. And then Nathan, talk to me a little bit about how your background and then your involvement in the project. Yeah, so I got contacted by Susan um, a number of years ago and they were just starting to think about trying to find a really kind of an epic or a keystone property that could showcase um, this increase in production, maybe have multiple farmers on the same property to share infrastructure, such as a packing shed, coolers, farm equipment, and things like that. So I was brought in as, a, as an organic farmer to help them seek out the land, but also um, start to scope out and think about what the infrastructure needed to be and scale it appropriately for the size of the project that they had in mind. And really, it's been uh, it's been a number of years. It's actually a lot harder to find an epic property that sounds. And mm. we've been working quite hard to find the property. And we're going to be talking about Berryville um, Farm later. But that's how I came into the project. Uh-huh. Very cool. Um, and so before that, what, what kind of farming were you doing? Um, I had I had farmed about 15 years commercially um, as an organic grower in Northern California, kind of diversified vegetable uh -huh. operation, about half um, direct and then half wholesale. And then when I moved back to the Midwest in Indiana, I started a green bean uh, operation because it's kind of more like large tracts of open land and I needed uh -huh. to use more acres. So I kind of went into more of a commercial scale. And I've been a consultant for probably the past 15 or 20 years as well, just helping people to try to develop their farms or um, deal with whatever sort of production or soil problems or research, whatever, you know, whatever people, you know, farmers, we like to figure stuff out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So then uh, just a side note there in that green bean operation, I'm assuming you were working with mechanical harvester then, and it was that organic and shipping right into the Chicago markets or what was the, uh, the end use for those? Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had an oxbow single row picker. Uh -huh. um, that was the first one I've ever had. And I loved it. It was kind of like a Dr. Seuss uh, machine to pull behind. It had lots of moving parts and uh -huh. kind of was pretty, pretty exciting and stressful to operate. Um, but once I got the hang of it, it was great. I actually had a contract with the food bank that was looking for local um, produce so they could do a freezing operation. So I had a really rare contract. And so I did mm -hmm. that for two seasons um, with the, uh, the Fort Wayne food bank. And that was fabulous. And then they found someone to grow them for free. 
So um, I actually sold my green bean picker to that guy and now he's yeah. doing it for free. <laughs> so how does he make that work? Uh, he is a software engineer. So uh, that's how it works. Okay. Okay. So he has outside <laughs> income to, uh, yes. yeah, to basically he, put he, farmers out of business. Yeah, he needed he needed actually a tax write off, and uh, he's a great guy. Actually, I don't I don't I don't blame him at all for taking my contract. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just always feel bad for the farmers put out of business because there's another farm, and again, fabulous operation outside of Philadelphia. Um, that's yeah. got and um, I mean they do a great work, but I'm also like you know you are hurting the local farm economy. A from sucking up the fabulous, uh, fabulous um, people because they can afford to pay people really good money, and second because you're actually taking you know, um, uh, you know different anyway product that could have been sold by those those small farmers. So anyway, exactly. Yeah, but we'll move along. Um, so you got involved in this, and so you said it was quite the process. I it says to um to get this project off the ground, and find the land. Well, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of uh, criteria. This is a big project and there was a lot of, um, you know, hopes and dreams to, for this to be a cornerstone property. As I mentioned, we are looking very closely at a lot of factors. So for example, soil quality, the farmers need good soil. Uh, the location needs to be good. Water access was actually key because with uh, Northwest Arkansas, without irrigation water, you can't produce good quality vegetables all okay. season. So uh, given this, the size and the scale of looking for, you know, a 50 to 100 acre property with enough water that's somewhere where people want to live. And, um, you know, those are a lot of boxes to check. And so we went through all that process and uh, we finally found it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know which one of you wants to kind of go over like the, the property you have, but uh, yeah, share away about like what you found and what the goal is with it. Well, I'll start, Michael, and just uh -huh. share that. Um, so there are three parts to our program with the Northwest Arkansas Land, Land Trust Farmland Preservation. And it starts with a FarmLink website where seekers and landowners can connect and um, share, you know, possible vision for their land or, you know, what they hope to grow. And we've had a number of matches and, and links made on the site since 2019. And it's a, it's a important part of the work. Mm -hmm. The second piece is around um, what we call the farmland access fund, where people, uh, farmers that are interested, new farmers that are interested in purchasing land, if they need help with affordability, we look to conservation easement buying programs. Um, mm -hmm. We have some funds available and we're working towards also, you know, hopefully getting access to some federal and state funds that would help us to place easements on those property through that uh, purchase process. And then therefore, you know, reducing the cost to the farmer in the long term. And then the third piece is what um, we've been talking to the most today. And that's what we call Enwalt Farms Berryville. And it is named after um, this property that Nathan helped us um, to secure. Um, it is something that the land trust is actually leasing um, and we in turn are able to then make it available to three farmers. It's a mid-size um, type incubator project where farmers that are interested in growing, you know, primarily again, fruits and vegetables can have an opportunity to have stable leases because we're funded by a grant. It's very affordable. And then we've got this 
um, access to both infrastructure, the wash and pack shed, and then some shared equipment. There's temporary housing on the site. And um, as Nathan shared, it's really a beautiful property. It is located in Berryville, Arkansas, which is in Carroll County. It's, it is northwest, or excuse me, a little bit more northeast, um, centrally located in the state. And it's just south of the Missouri border. So it's, it is absolutely beautiful. There's creek access, um, Osage Creek on, um, uh, you know, most of the property has, you know, access to the creek. And we're also installing wells and temporary housing sites for people to, you know, get started. Each track um, is about 15 to 18 acres. And mm -hmm. the majority majority of the land is tillable and cultivatable um, in part, you know, Nathan helped us to determine that. And so we're really hoping to find farmers that are interested in scaling up and, and taking this next step and optimistic that the investments we've been making in this, you know, food system here locally will be attractive and appealing for them to have, you know, viable businesses and also a great, you know, lifestyle. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's some sizable pieces. And uh, the fact that it's mostly tillable. And then again, having housing on site, I know is so key. Because I think if you don't live on your farm, there's always that aspect of, it's just, you're just not the same. I know that when we were farming, um, even a few miles away, it's just that aspect of not being able to walk out every day is is different. Yes. And for the time being, um, it is temporary. Um, temporary housing. So people could do, you know, an RV or a tiny home or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we are, um, there is a lot of housing in the area for people if they were to be considered relocating. And there's, you know, a good base of employers. Um, Northwest Arkansas is growing um, in all of, um, you know, the area. And that includes Carroll County and Berryville. And um, the leases are at a minimum, like up to five years, but, you know, that could be, um, you know, less if, if some that was appealing to somebody. Um, and they also have this really great auto renew feature for an additional three-year term, if that's also important to somebody to have more stability. Um, uh -huh. So over time, you know, we're looking at how we could make these more of a potentially lease to own, um, but we wanted the property became available and we were really excited about the you know opportunity to build this infrastructure and to get started and so we're optimistic that as we recruit farmers they can help us with envisioning what the next phase you know for the property mm -hmm. um, could possibly look like yeah so there's a lot of flexibility it sounds like with this um going forward yes yeah. So Nathan, do you want to share some of the specifics of the, the site that um, appealed to you guys to, in order to move forward with it? Yeah, I think, I mean, as a grower, um, the soil quality and the type of soil and the setting of the, the way the field set were very important to me. So this particular property has what's called the Perry Ridge Silt Loam. Mm. And what I love about silt loams um, is they're very forgiving and they're very easy to work with. It's a very smooth soil, so it's kind of easy to work with. Um, it's not heavy clay, which is not easy to work with if you've ever mm -hmm. had a, a heavier clay oh, type yes. of soil. Yeah. So it's just real easy to work with. Um, it's, it's fairly well drained. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of erosion. There's some, some slope in some areas, but I don't think that that's going to be a problem. Um, the we found, I think, is it two or three wells, Susan, that were 
like almost 100 gallon per minute. So that's that is amazing for that particular wow. area of Northwest yeah. Arkansas. So, you know, the soil's great. It's an epic uh, location. It's got a great view. Um, it's a perched kind of a field setting where you're looking down into a creek valley, which is beautiful. Osage Creek runs right through it. Um, and the infrastructure, the packing shed is going to be amazing. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, like brand new and lots of coolers and lots of places to plug things into and drains that work and doors that work and everything's going to be new and working. Um, and the farm equipment's going to be there for people to learn and share and, and um, you know, work on their properties together. And then you've got um, Northwest um, Arkansas Land Trust behind them and, and, and a whole bunch of other people. I mean, Susan mentioned just, a, you know, a hodgepodge of all these different people that are that are working towards improving the local food production and food security in Northwest Arkansas. So it's an exciting time, actually. Um, there's a lot of pieces in motion. And um, I, I was really excited to engage with this project and see them uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This year's Midwest Mechanical Weed Control Field Day, the nation's premier event for cultivation tools, taking place on Wednesday, September 27th at the Ohio State University Farm in Worcester, Ohio. The field day connects farmers, machinery manufacturers, and researchers for a single day event that draws farmers from all over the Midwest. It is the place to see weeding tools of all scales for vegetables and row crops. From two-wheel walk-behind tractors to camera-guided toolbars to autonomous laser weeders, come for the trade show, education sessions, and field demonstrations. To register and learn more, call 217-840- 2128 or visit thelandconnection.org. So then with this, um, what types of farmers are you looking for? Because obviously there's people that are just brand new, but it sounds like with the size of parcels here and the capacity, they may be looking for someone that has a little bit more experience. You're right, Michael. And I'll, you know, certainly have Nathan expand on this because of his experience, but we are looking for people that have had, you know, some vegetable or fruit production in their past. We're looking for um, individuals that, you know, possibly would really enjoy farming with other people while there are individual tracks, you certainly will be next to one another. And um, you know, some I know some farmers really appreciate more independence. And so this may not be the perfect um, opportunity for them because they will be sharing, mm -hmm. you know, some aspect of, of course, the pack shed and some of the equipment. Um, the other thing that is important to mention is that other farm enterprises are permissible. So, you know, there could be small scale livestock, um, you know, beekeeping or even agritourism. Um, we like to think of this a little bit as like an unintended intentional, intentional community. Mm. Um, we will have a farm stewardship manager that will be available, um, you know, to help on the ground and, you know, with, um, especially as people start, you know, to get going, um, you know, with questions, um, you know, farm safety equipment, you know, of course, consultation on other aspects of their operation. We do ask that candidates produce a um, business plan and farm plan about what their dreams and goals are. 
And um, that'll help us to evaluate where they are and then to bring in the resources we think that they could possibly need, because, of course, we want them to be successful. It's mm -hmm. all about, you know, trying to grow more food, have the farmer, you know, be paid fairly and, and have a viable operation. Um, and then, you know, to hopefully, you know, have this be successful and look to create this in, in other aspects of our community, along with all the other things that are happening, you know, to advance farming, you know, for those that are doing things more on an um, independent level. Absolutely. Yeah. So then um, with this, it sounds like it's, I mean, it's really an opportunity because one of the biggest challenges, I mean, even our, our, our challenge here in Ohio is my wife and I were talking about, we are out of land. I mean, we have an eight acre urban farm and there's just so many things of what we're trying to do that we just don't have enough land and for rotation. Um, and so getting on, being able to get on land for a reasonable price um, and a lease at that matter too, that you know that it's not going to be yanked out from underneath you um, for a certain set of time at least is key. Um, so with this too, I mean, one of the things you talked about earlier in the interview is that yes, you have some small farmers, but you've kind of lost that entire mid-size farm that's actually doing a little bit of wholesale or groceries. Is that what you envision for most of these farmers or are you kind of open to whatever they want to paint forward with the, br their br the brush? That's a great question. And we do want to see them be um, have some business to business or wholesale or, you know, sale to grocery stores or restaurants. We've got the Spring Creek Food Hub that is going to be serving in that role. We've not necessarily had an aggregator like that. Mm -hmm. And then we've got this new amazing processing facility that'll be coming online in 2024, where people could even be, you know, freezing and, and preparing, you know, chopping, etc., things that could maybe go to institutions. Um, we're not requiring that they do all wholesale, but we would like to see some of that in their business plan. And then in keeping with this being a charitable and a teaching operation, we want to see people scale at a pace that's appropriate for them. You know, we're not asking people to come in and plant, you know, five acres in year one, but we want to see how would they move up to all of the cultivatable areas at their parcel in time. Um, there mm -hmm. will be a greenhouse available. There's a, um, other grant opportunities, you know, for high tunnels and such. And we, we really believe that people could be farming, you know, nearly year round too, so that, you know, that source of income can be more reliable and diversified. But um, it's not something we expect them to do overnight. And that's also partly what's driving the lease terms. You know, again, want that to be stable and want to see them um, getting more comfortable in their capabilities and adding on, you know, at a, at a pace that's appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Nathan, do share a little bit about the growing zone down there, because I'm sure that's of interest to some folks. Well, I think... Um... I think it's a fairly long growing season. I'm not grown in this particular area of the country myself, and I maybe would defer to Susan uh, to maybe explain when the planting season typically starts. Um, there's definitely a lot of heat in, in Northwest Arkansas midsummer, so there's, you know, you can grow all the summer crops. Um, I actually wanted to, if, if possible, I wanted to rewind and kind of address your question of like wholesale or Absolutely. expectations yeah. for all of that. So, when I look at this, when I look at all of these elements of this particular project, I think it's really ripe for someone to step in and quickly 
be able to access these direct uh, and wholesale markets because all the pieces are really there. Like when I, I, I don't know about you and starting your farms, but for me, the marketing and finding the consistent buyers um, was actually kind of the entire motor of my farm. So once I found buyers and I found more land than I grew. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. in this particular case, there's already like the, the forethought is there. So the aggregator hub is online. The processing facility is, is going online. All these people are, are basically cheerleading and just waiting for someone to show up and grow produce for them. I mean, that's just like, unbelievable coming from California or even in the Midwest where you really have to duke it out in the market to find yourself and to get on, get on the shelf, so to speak. Um, so with all that support, um, I think it could be a, a pretty easy situation for even a, a newer grower to step in and kind of figure out, okay, I can grow these crops and I can scale up. I've got the acres to scale. I've got the buyers to buy it. And this is a matter of learning you know, that learning curve of getting the right equipment and getting the right um, seeds and getting the right production systems in place, because it's all the pieces are just waiting for someone to show up and plug them in. Yeah, absolutely. And again, even like here in Ohio, where, and we have a pretty robust market, but it is that aspect of it's so much easier to grow food than it is to sell it. And so if you can have the, 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 the at least uh, someone that's interested in food and that you can line up for, it's, it's so much easier. So um, share a little bit about uh, what big cities are you near there? Because Berryville is actually in the far upper north um, west corner, correct? Yes. Um, so, Michael, Bentonville, Arkansas is certainly not a large city, but it is it, that and Fayetteville are mm -hmm. west of Berryville and they're larger, you know, college towns, um, more metropolitan areas for northwest Arkansas. Um, you've also got, you know, larger cities like Kansas City, you know, to the, the north of us, Tulsa, further west. Um, you know, Memphis is certainly near us, but it is much further south and east. But um, we are, you know, interested there. The things are happening and growing and changing here so fast. Um, in our, you know, kind of four counties, we expect to be um, a million plus, you know, uh, metro area within, you know, several years. Mm -hmm. So the growth here for from an Arkansas perspective is unprecedented. Um, obviously, there's a lot of row crop farming in the Delta. Um, you know, there's timber. Arkansas is a very beautiful state. There's a lot of really natural resources, you know, that are just amazing from a recreation perspective, too. But Northwest Arkansas is experiencing a lot of growth because there's a lot of um, other industry here. There's a diverse um, consumer packaged goods community. Walmart's headquarters is in Bentonville. And then you have, um, you know, some trucking organizations and then the university that are really making it appealing and there's a lot of people that are moving here, you know, from other parts of the country for those opportunities. Absolutely. And I think you've got some major lakes there too. So you've got um, Branson north of you in Missouri, and then you have a pretty large lake to the west of you between you and Bentonville, which I'm sure is a lot of tourism. 
Yes, there is a lot of tourism here and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, arts and culture that is happening, a lot of food interest, you know, specialized restaurants, and they want more local food. And that's what really, you know, also predicated um, the interest, you know, not only are we, you know, not getting enough fresh produce, you know, to residents, but also that those restaurants are really interested in trying to highlight more local food. Um, so there's a lot happening from, again, like you said, the tourism and also even the entrepreneurship and the arts, the arts area where there's opportunity for here, here for people to have businesses and also a great life. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So how can people find out more about, uh, getting involved and also, um, just, you know, find out more details. Well, that's where we would use our website, and um, that is um, nwalt, N-W-A-L-T, farms.org, nwalt farms, and that is also our FarmLink website, and there is an application there and a page dedicated to this when we call it on the website Farmland Lease Program. Um, there's videos there, there's you know a lot of information, and then the application and of course, my contact information is available there, but I would direct people there as a start. And then, you know, we're happy to have one-on-one um, -on -one conversations or meetings and even site visits. You know, we certainly would welcome having people um, come out and, and look at the property. We will be doing um, some sort of an open house in the next 60 days once the pack shed is completed, but that would be the best way to start the process is nwaltfarms.org. Mm -hmm. All right. nwaltfarms.org. And uh, anything else that either of you want to share? Um, I just think this is a fabulous opportunity for any grower that wants to like grab a once in a lifetime opportunity. I think it's really amazing. Um, and, and, and any grower in any part of the country should really take a look at this and see if it um, lines up with their aspirations, because I think it's a great opportunity. Susan? Michael, I would just add, I would echo what Nathan says, you know, obviously I'm involved in the project and I'm excited about it. And I, you know, I have some degree of bias, but there's, you know, so much thought and there's so much momentum behind what we're trying to do, you know, grow more food, grow farmers, um, you know, bring back this heritage to Northwest Arkansas. And there's just a lot of great things that are happening in the community and in the state that, you know, we would love, um, you know, to, to see people look at this and to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you too for coming on. I think it's a great opportunity. And again, it's one of those things that if I'd had this 10 years ago, um, it would have been very different. I remember back in New York, that was our biggest challenge is we were a full hour from our, um, our markets. And, um, you know, just, we were, we were cobbling together six or eight different pieces of property to get the farmland that we needed to farm. Um, and so finding, you know, a one dedicated spot that we could do all the production we needed would have been incredibly valuable. Um, and here in Ohio, same thing. We're landlocked. We've got a train track on one side, a road on another side and houses on two others. So, um, yeah, having that, uh, availability to high quality land is essential and is very, very challenging. So yeah, it's a great project and looking forward to see, you know, what kind of happens over the next couple of years and the farmers that, uh, make it, make it onto the land. We appreciate your interest. Thank you. Thanks so much, Michael. Absolutely. 
So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.